I see your game, Trebek. Hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Post Credits Podcast. How are we doing, Mr. Matt? I'm great as usual. How are you doing? <laughs> good. I'm doing good. We've been laughing a lot. Yeah. Today, always good. we are talking yeah. about the Brendan Fraser mummy. Yep. From 1999. Yep. No, normally when we do a movie that's come out before, I, I always make the joke of like, like I watched the wrong movie, but it's I'm, right. I'm, I'm going to respect our audience for once, the, for the first time in 121 episodes and not do that. <laughs> right. I mean, we could talk about the Tom Cruise mummy, which I've seen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that, too, on a plane. It was... Mm. Yeah. I saw someone live streaming it on YouTube. Really? Like, during its release. Yeah. Oh, wow. Amazing. No, it was bad. It's bad. I'm just... I just love the technology, you know? Oh, the stats fast. Yeah, taking it to Universal that way. Just be like, your movie's so garbage, we're going to stream it right in front of you on opening weekend. Well, well, the problem, the problem is that this mummy was so good that they were never able to fully recover. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. I'm glad you are going to be the champion and bastion <laughs> of of that feeling. Oh, you think so? And here, here's here. Here's what I don't want. Okay, we're in this this middle of this Brendan Fraser resurgence. You know, he's this, getting talked about a lot. Like he's Encino been in Man Renaissance Patrol. Man. If you yeah. Will. Yeah. The Encino Sance. Yeah. You know? Thank you. <laughs> and uh, he deserves it. He deserves accolades. He's charismatic. I, I like him. But I've soured on this movie a little bit. But I, I'm going to be doing it in a delicate way. Usually you would hear me come on and shit talk a movie and trash it for what it is and i'm not going to do that because yeah, you, i respect brendan frazier you can hear the clink as you're setting your knives on the desk for yeah 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 but we'll we'll get there you know okay but i'm glad that you're going to be here I, I know that you like this movie mm, yeah i have not seen this movie in probably 15 years you oh. know uh so and i and I, and i'll elaborate why i think i've soured on it but that's for later okay yeah. Well, I, I think that's a good place to jump off. We'll talk about some news and then we'll yeah. circle back and unwrap this mummy and get into it. My theory is that they know it sucks and they just don't care. They just want to get it. Yeah, it's like put it out and then get it out of the news cycle. Right. Right. Because in all honesty, like a movie this bad could affect stock prices. <laughs> you know? Well, like I mean... I don't know if you've been paying attention to the stock market, but like literally anything affects the stock, especially this year. Good God. Everything's, it doesn't matter. Everyone's losing money. Just to clarify, we are talking about Rob Zombie's The Monsters. Yes. Okay. I, I, I just wanted people to have that little tidbit. It's kind of well known that we don't enjoy Rob Zombie movies in general. And uh, I mean, enjoy is a, a, a weird term. I don't think it's adequate. I don't think he should have a movie career. You know, like I, that's where I'm at. Like I just so I guess like by product of not enjoying so many things by him, mm -hmm. you know. So I guess the natural progression would be just leave us alone, leave our society alone, and stop damaging my <laughs> eyeballs. 
but yeah, the monsters came out. Monsters. And uh, are we? You, oh, did I screw something up? No, no, we're going. We're live. We're we're ah. doing this. Yeah, and the people have spoken about it. They say it sucks. So are the critics. They say it sucked too. It's it's one of those rare. Th I mean, I guess it's not that rare, but like usually when a movie comes out. And like, there's a critical backlash, but then the audience reviews are actually, you know, middling to positive-ish. And yeah. um, this this seems to be pretty low. I, I saw someone gave it a, a one point one out of five stars. Yeah, I don't remember yeah. what that service was. Metacritic isn't enjoying it. Probably the best review I saw was um, IGN, and it, it was. I, I think the most fair sentiment that I'd seen on it as well is I wish I loved anything as much as Rob Zombie loves the monsters because his love for the characters and the material is apparent. However, you know, and that's when it gets into kind of the, why is this two hours? It's really not funny. Just what's here. And Yep, that sucks. You know, I I think the monsters have gotten a a pretty bad run in in pop culture because like, yeah, well, who's making the decisions, right? Why are they giving it to Rob Zombie? Did Rob Zombie buy the rights? I don't think he did. That would have been newsworthy, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, he's got something he can cross off his bucket list. Like, it got to make that much. Yeah, but who's movie. culpable? That's who's culpable. It's not just Rob Zombie. Who knows? Some guy out there that's like, yeah, let's do a Rob Zombie Monsters movie. God, eat shit. Oh, God. And I'm not even a big fan of Monsters. I just, it, it's triggering to see Rob Zombie above a, a fucking movie title thinking, like, oh, yeah, this is on par with Wes Craven and John Carpenter and Toby Hooper. You know, like, well, they all get their fucking name above a title. And so does Rob Zombie. It diminishes the good actor or directors. You know what I'm saying? Like, it it says, like, they're not as good because we're in league with Rob Zombie. You know, <laughs> so. um, I, I just think it's kind of an ostentatious thing for people to put their movie like their name above whatever, where it's like this person present like director of. That's usually a marketing thing. And I, I feel like, you know, you, you're trying to use like this horror director who's known for these kind of skeezy, like make you feel dirty horror movies for what you're marketing as a family comedy. So I, I don't see the name value there. Uh, you know, like, like the Devil's Rejects fans are like, oh my God, that Rob Zombie's Musters. Like, I can't wait for this. I, I just I don't see the value of that even from a marketing standpoint. That's well, they have to do it. They have to they have to include his name because like who would be interested in seeing any of this if it wasn't fans of Rob Zombie? Like I mean like look at you know you notice like I'm gonna talk about a different director for a minute. I'm gonna talk about M Night Shyamalan. Okay. And for a while, his name was always associated with the movie, yeah. right? Uh, After Earth was the first one that was not because it's a shit show, right? 
And it, it the marketing around that was like, oh, this is so bad. I feel like he didn't want his name involved. Like, it's so bad. We're not going to use this as a marketing gimmick. I don't think anyone would see Munsters if Rob Zombie's name was above it with how silly and dumb, dumb it looks. Anyways, I still I, I still believe that Netflix had the the power play that's never been done before to just cancel it before it comes out. Tax write-off. Pull a Warner Brothers, you know? Oh, yeah. Don't get yeah. in, in another Batgirl situation. Yeah. Yeah, uh, one one review I said the humor level is abysmal. Makeup sophomoric. And the movie is the worst thing on Netflix. And they could be right. I mean, American Cyborg Steel Warrior is not on Netflix. So seems like by default not everything on netflix Netflix. is good i mean i i don't know you're downplaying this don't downplay how much rob zombie sucks at movie making okay that's fair (laughs) we cannot give that person any rope right they just got to be in free fall for the rest of their lives i don't give a shit anyways that's all i got (laughs) fuck you rob zombie i hate your movies how about you what what do I got for the news there? What do I have to yeah, add to that? Yeah. No, you don't have to add anything. Okay. We're done talking I, about I, Rob Zombie. Okay, cool. Because he sucks. <laughs> so we're into it now. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're into it. Now, you've always loved this movie. How I've heard you talk about this movie, it's always been with high esteem. It's, it's always been positive, yeah. Yeah. Now, at... I'm not going to derail because I, I know you really want this to be like, a, you know, you're you're the bad cop. I'm the good cop sort of situation. I don't want it to be that way. Oh, I'm okay. trying not to be that. OK, way. I don't I don't think it's going to be because there there okay. are some things where like when, when I look at it, because I I hadn't seen it in, in a long time either. And I I just happened to see that they had the this nice 4K disc that Universal put out. Oh, my. And it's wow. like, <laughs> I wonder how that looks in 4K, because one of the things, like, even in the era where I was, like, super about this movie, I was kind of like, you know, some of that CG is, um, it's, it's not so hot. Like, it's not, like, it's not awful. It's, it, it's not the Mummy Returns, like, the Scorpion King, like, worst visual effects, Razzie Award yeah. level it gets the point yeah. across, but there was something about the materials where it wasn't quite mm, photoreal. Liquid, liquid seemed to be the biggest problem for CG for the longest time. Yeah. And Fluid it's dynamics. really apparent. Yeah, it's really apparent in this one. But because of that, I, I the liquid effects, I'm like, man, it's it's already tough to do. You know, so I, I'm not going to be super critical of that. But there is it is dated for sure mm-hmm. in the special effects. There, there are certain things that I think do still look really good, like the scarabs. Yeah. I mean, like, especially when they're moving en masse, maybe because there's just so much going on that your eyes can't really focus in on it yep. and, and see the little characters. But so before we get like super granular talking about the movie itself, do you want to talk about like the lead up to them making the movie at all? Do, do you have I actually any... don't know much of the lead up of it. Um, oh, okay. Some, some of my criticisms or stuff that I found has to do with like historical accuracy. 
um, slash am I hesitant to be super savage? This isn't a documentary? Is that right? Is that what I'm about to find out? Uh, so I don't know much about leading up to it. I, I do know uh, this person, the director. What's interesting is I recently saw, this is a tangent, and I'm sorry to do this. I recently saw uh, the Hellboy, the new one with uh, David Harbour, mm-hmm. right? And it reminds me, it's so weird because I wouldn't have considered these types of movies a genre until I saw Hellboy because that version is horrible but it reminds me of this era of movie making, right? Okay. Where it's like this, um, the ex- the first round of X-Men movies, the first round of Spider-Man movies. Uh, this director also did Rise of Cobra uh, and Van Helsing. Yeah, you can throw yeah. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen in there, Underworld, all those. But it's like this weird action movie off of like horror and science fiction that was happening Mm -hmm. but they never it's all of them i can't say it's a genre of movie but they all feel the same they all have like this one foot like we're gonna take this seriously but they don't know how that's the only best way i can describe it but it's really interesting that this director who helmed this one is kind of responsible for that feeling of movie you know because it's like this movie same with X-Men is like, it feels they, they could have gone deeper and made it more compelling. Mm -hmm. So there, you know, what's funny is that as we record this right now, Mm -hmm. this movie is playing on the sci-fi channel. Amazing. Synchronicity. Why are you watching the sci-fi channel? We're recording a podcast. Why do you know that? Because I didn't watch the movie and I, I secretly have it on in the background so I could pay it. No, I just, when I, when I looked up the mummy, Brendan Fraser, just to like do a little bit of research on it. One of the first things that pops up on Google is like when it's on TV the next time. And I was like, okay, holy shit. Like that's, we're going to be recording the podcast literally when that's on TV. I got to make a note of that because I don't think that's ever happened before. I just, you know, hey, coincidence, right? Serendipity. So, yeah, Stephen Summers definitely had a take on it that other people didn't. And it really got Universal excited about it because they had been trying to kind of kickstart the mummy through most... Through a lot of the 90s, at least, what did this come out, 99 or 2000? Yeah, 99. 99. At least going back to 94 was one of the earlier dates that I saw. So people who had had their hat in the ring or were, were approached to direct this, Clive Barker, Joe Dante, George Romero... West, all excellent choices. Wes Craven. So, They're all like horror people. How did it land on Stephen Song? Oh, because of the difference in ideas. They probably were all thinking of horror because they're horror directors and he went action. Well, yeah. I mean, they were they were trying to... It's the mummy. It's, you know, universal monsters. This is what we're known for. How do we make them scary again? I guess because you've got yummy mummy breakfast cereal and, you know, Count Chocula. And right. It's like... You know, they're just so inextractable from Scooby-Doo cartoons that 
you know, I, I think the problem is like, you know, we have to reinvent these in a way that people are, it's going to speak to the culture, but it's also true to the thing. And I think that's a problem that a lot of remakes have a hard time doing. And I, I think we should maybe do a live stream on this at some point of just, just a topic of like, you know, remake roulette and just talk about the qualities of like remakes that like, why do so many of these go wrong? Why do so many of them, you know, some of them are actually better and, and exceed not many, but very right. few of them, you know, um, what I like about this, this mummy and a lot of people don't is that it, it definitely pays homage to the original movies, but it, it tries to also be its own thing in a very, 1999 kind of way that was exciting that the men in black audience would love to go see kind of a thing. So there's that, but let, let's, let's talk about some of the different um, approaches just real quick. I'll, I'll breeze through this. Sure, it won't no. be super long. I found this really fascinating and I got to give a lot of credit to uh, mental floss. Cause I, this, they're the one that put all this together and um, cause it, most of my information came from the internet and like the different commentaries on this DVD. Okay. Which, which they did a good job talking about it, but they didn't talk about like the road to hell that lent, okay. <laughs> you know, that led up to it. And yeah. the, the reason that they didn't go with uh, Clive Barker's approach, like there, there was a lot of like reincarnation. There, there was a lot of past life stuff in the various versions. Like, Romero's version had Imote being scanned by an MRI at a, you know, museum. And like, that's how he came back to life is it was like an x-ray thing. And, um, you well, know, that's horrible. But, but then somebody that he came in contact with had a past life and they were somehow related. I mean, they, they liked it, but they didn't make it because they thought it was too dark. I mean, I'm not even describing what his script yeah. was like that's that's it in a nutshell because then he goes on and brings Karis back to life and then Karis kind of becomes his like muscle so as he de-ages kind of the way that Arnold Vosloo does in this one which was a big trope in the mummy movies is that the mummy comes back to life and as he gets his revenge he kind of you know that's the whole reason he's kind of going after people is sort of this sort of it whole kind of restore him and um and he can't rest for that Karis, i i don't did you ever watch the original mummy series universal ones i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you something this is the only mummy i've seen except the time cruise okay but i don't really count that yeah because it it's... sucks <laughs> um no but so this you... is the only mummy i've seen okay well and you've got that box set that universal monsters or no you just have the collections of like the dracula and the okay yeah the, the only bad thing about that box set is that they took all of those single series and put them in there. So you get like five different copies of Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Right. Right. Because <laughs> they're just in all of those sets. But I digress. Um, so in a way, it's so Karis was the secondary mummy because it, it was Imote and then. Or, or maybe I had that reversed, but either way, the, the two mummies were Imote and, and Karis. And okay. uh, that's really the only thing that this movie kind of throws out is because it, it really takes the plots of those five mummy movies and kind of merges them together. 
Now the the Romero plot that I was describing with like the the love affair in the past life, it, it's kind of similar to the Clive Barker version, but they didn't make his because it was too perverted. <laughs> hey, Clive Barker imagine. making a perverted movie? Like, geez. Yeah. You know, um, Joe Dante wanted to make kind of a big spectacle movie. I, I think his lent a little bit more in the horror direction, but ironically, they turned it down because they thought that his movie would cost too much money. Joe Dante being the guy that directed Gremlins, for people who don't know, uh, Gremlins, The Howling, you know, very respected director in the genre. Ironically, they turned his version down, which was like a $15 million movie, and they only wanted to spend $10 million to make a $90 million movie because they liked Stephen Summers' version so much. And they Bizarre. were and they were that confident that it would be a hit. Yeah. And it was. It, it, oh, it, it was made a, a lot hit. of money. It spawned a franchise. It spawned a spinoff franchise, which is incredible that anyone went to see The Scorpion King based off. But I, it probably wasn't based off of how The Scorpion King looked in The Second Mummy so much as like people liked Dwayne Still the Rock Johnson at that well, point. This the scorpion king was his first movie his first movie yeah it was wwe to scorpion king there was, mm -hmm. was no like i've done some other things no it was this was the 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 catalyst for his his stardom which it it seemed like aside another tangent it seemed like this was not the intention he didn't receive the intention of what it was supposed to be it seemed like there was like about a five or six year period in there where it was just kind of like small part to small part and then oh yeah you know shot the off to fairy. start him. yeah yeah uh be cool you remember that one it was like the sequel to get shorty the rundown which is actually really good yeah so there, uh, the rundown was probably like a highlight in that career before it was like mainstream Dwayne. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the the this was so successful. Uh, I know you were you're continuing, but yeah, this movie was so successful that they greenlit the sequel opening night. Wow. That there was so many so many transactions going on that they were like, oh my god, this is huge, you know. So. But then the well, you know, we got we got they, the mummy returns. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> which made enough money for them to make uh, Rise of whatever the third one was called. I I don't even remember the Terracotta one. Terracotta Warriors was in the Himalayas. No, it was in China. It had to do oh, with Jet okay. Li becoming a terracotta warrior, a real like a like terracotta clay. He vomits out of his mouth, and then he becomes one of those warriors. Mm. I didn't watch the movie. I just watched a recap. Oh, okay. you know, I was wondering, cause I've never seen that. I've only seen the mummy returns once. And I was like, you know, I, maybe, maybe it's just the first one that I like. And I just had no desire to see the third one. We want to be savages sometime. That's, that's a, a movie we could put up in there. Cause I've seen that one more than this one. The Scorpion it's, King? No. Oh, the, second the mummy. Yeah. That's just, yeah. Oh, the no. mummy! Their mummy returns. I keep yeah. thinking the subtitle is the Scorpion King, just because that's when they introduce him. But yeah, 
No, there is The Scorpion King. That is a movie unto itself. Yeah, and it's many direct video sequels. <laughs> yes, which this director produced. All of them. Yeah. I, I mean, hey, you know, if, if it's a, a gravy train and they just, hey, you want to produce this? Like, yeah, yeah, right. sure. Just, you know, just put your hand out and give me some money and I, I produce right. this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's basically a good point to hand it off and then go into. I, I think we've bored people with the history of the mummy enough to get into talking about the movie. Okay. <laughs> Where I did found this movie. Well, I can start off with some criticisms. The amount of times that they say ancient Egyptian in this movie, I got to say it's probably in the hundreds. It is uttered so frequently that I, you could make a drinking game out of it and if you did if someone took a drink of alcohol each time they heard ancient egyptian you'd be in the hospital getting your stomach pumped i kid you not it is the most annoying thing and when i realized it was after like the fifth or sixth time then i was like i'm going to tune in to that saying <laughs> i'm going to monitor how many times they say it and it's and, a and frustratingly amount of high times you know I, at least I'm joking. It's hyperbole to say hundreds. Yeah. But I would say ancient Egyptian is uttered 40 to 50 times in this movie. I'll, I'll, I'll have to pay attention to that. Cause I, so, I didn't key on it. There was definitely some like, you know, when, when they're making a point about how uh, Evie's character is this, you know, unrespected researcher about, uh, yes. Ha, ha, I, well, well, I know all this and I'm so much, Smarter than right. people give me credit for, which um, I I like Rachel Wise as an actress. I, I I feel like this movie, like I'm glad to see she's gotten to do other stuff beyond this, and because I don't know, like the yeah the the character is probably something where uh, I think a lot of that just like wild swinging there is, and I found a, a quote from Brendan Fraser. They're saying that they didn't know what kind of movie they were making when they were making oh. it. Like they didn't like the actors, like I'm sure Steven summer had his vision, but the actors weren't sure if they were making a romance, an action movie, a comedy, a horror movie. Cause you hit kind of all those beats. Right. And you just keep going through like all of them. And yeah, he, he's bounces just like, around. We, we did bit. not know. You know that might explain some of like, like how it feels a little off in this mm -hmm. movie. Maybe it's because it's coming through in their performances. Like, I don't have a problem with the acting in this movie at all. It's more along the lines of like how the story is set up. And but I do have a, a complaint about one character. But it's it's weird to see because. When I look at Brendan Fraser in this movie, I feel like it's another Indiana Jones, right? Like, mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Like, that's kind of something that I want. And like reading people's thoughts on this, like what people had to say about this, uh, there's a lot of that. Like, oh, it's like another Indiana Jones. I don't see that, and I'm wondering if it's because like I can't, I don't take them seriously because it's kind of hard for me to read what these people are like where their characters are, what they're supposed to be doing, what are their motivations, stuff like that. And because if you break this down and put it side by side with any of the Indiana Jones movies, it hits the same beats, right? But for some reason, like the Indiana Jones movies, 
they do it better. But I can't nail down what that better is, you mm -hmm. know? Um, so, and then, yeah, like, Brendan Fraser's a charismatic person. And then, like, knowing what he had to go through to make this movie and what it cost him or the Mummy franchise in general, uh, it's like he was really in involved in these movies, like putting his body through a lot of shit that has had serious repercussions later in life, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It's like seeing it, it's like it doesn't come across, and I'm bummed that it doesn't come across for me, hmm. you know? Like, because it's like you look at, like, it sounds so rude, and I hate to say this, but you think of, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and people think about, yeah, that crazy sequence where Indiana Jones is fighting all those Nazis on that truck. And he goes from crawling across the top to being inside the cab to being thrown out through the windshield, Underneath under the truck, it. back on the truck, you yeah. know, all that stuff. And it's such a simple set piece, but it's so memorable. I don't find that in The Mummy, you know? Mm -hmm. So it some of it falls flat. I you know, you know what my favorite action sequence is is when the uh the boat's on fire and and they all have to get off. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that that's what I remember most of as far as like set pieces for this. Yeah. Well, like it's just one of those things that I've noticed being this far detached from it, you know. Um and I think part of my problem, why I say it so has soured for me is that hit me at the age where it's almost like you're out of nostalgia. You're out of area or like a time where it had a, a greater impact as a kid on your life. Mm -hmm. This was my senior year of high school, you know, uh, you were already out, you know, uh, or maybe it was your last year of high school. Yeah. It depends when know. it came out. Cause I graduated right. in 99. So I don't have that power of nostalgia we've talked about that quite a few times the power of nostalgia and what we think is good and what we don't think is good yeah uh can nostalgia can sway something that is kind of terrible into something that you love <laughs> you know mm -hmm. like it's got that weird ability uh and that's where i'm landing with it so it's like a struggle for me um i also don't like how brendan Fraser solves all of his problems using guns you know it's like Hey, there's a critter on the ground. I got to shoot it. Hey, there's a mirror that has to be turned. I'll shoot that. You know, mm -hmm. um, he shoots his gun a lot. So, but see, here, here's the problem. Now we're talking about this negatively, but you like this movie. You like it. I... Let's start. Let's reverse course. Uh huh. Let's talk about the positivity stuff because I don't want to sound like I'm a hater ass bitch. I have some <laughs> criticisms, you know. Uh huh. Uh, I think they're valid, but you like this movie. You've always told me you like this movie, you know? Yeah, so this movie, when it came out, I liked it a lot because it, it was a big, fun adventure, and I hadn't seen any Mummy movies at that point, so I, I didn't have the attachment to it. Some people that grew up with you, or maybe not grew up, but even just had reverence for the Universal movies, um, I, I, I don't know if I had seen anything other than Creature from the Black Lagoon at that point in my personal progression. 
So I didn't have any firm attachment to it. And it was like, oh, a mummy. Why is that interesting? You know, like big deal. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we got zombies over here, man. Zombies are where it's at. Like, that's that's cool. Like, what's you a mummy going to do? Uh, you know, so take it back, Brian. We've had 20 years of zombies. Enough is enough. Enough is <laughs> more than enough. Yes, it's time to lay that particular thing back to the grave for a little while but let it rest and then it can come back but it just doesn't <laughs> but you know when i saw this i thought it was really imaginative and i i still think it's really imaginative like a lot of the things that they put together because they they did things that they couldn't do in those old universal movies now that i have seen those it's really fascinating how i i always thought like you know how there's that obnoxious trend in horror movies of bringing the returning characters back just to kill them off? Because it's yes. like, that's the stakes, you know? Yeah, stakes are so high. Nobody's safe now. Yeah, I mean, they used to do that in those movies where mm -hmm. here's, here's, but like in the Mummy series, like I swear every movie it feels like they bring back the people who lived through the last one they get about halfway through this one and then the other characters pick up the torch and survive just to die halfway through the next one to okay be because that story keeps going and the the parallel that i noticed here was you have those different groups of characters who were involved in different stages dying off kind of at similar beats but you do have a set of characters who can act as your through line that the audience can get behind. And I feel like that's something that the original mummy movies never really had. So as much as I want to blame Halloween four or Friday, the 13th part two for bringing back the heroine, bringing back the heroine really unceremoniously. Nightmare on Elm street four is even guilty of that with destroying the dream warriors cast. You know, I mean, there is a, so, it's, it's an obnoxious trend. But yeah. that goes all the way back to the 30s. So it's interesting because like what we've talked about in Everybody's Time to Die, it's a bummer about, you know, uh, Bond dying. Yeah. Spoilers. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, if it was a trend then, like it, it, it annoys me in Friday the 13th and um, Halloween because you like those characters. But it seems to be like that was a callback to like Universal Studios doing this stuff with the mummy with these other characters. And now it's like you see it in the 80s where it's like they were doing that to make the stakes higher. But now we're seeing it like full measure. Like your favorite most awesome character, gone. Like so it's interesting. Mm -hmm. We're kind of maybe we'll get to a point where we just don't kill anybody anymore. Yeah, I <laughs> Let's, you know? let's just come full circle and be yeah. back to making yeah. silent movies with uh, Charlie yeah. Chaplin-esque capering. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I also enjoyed, for the most part, the, the comic relief because that... And I think one of the things that really made me like this movie is that the character of Benny... Because oh my god, you you just hate him so much, 
And I feel like everybody's had that one friend who is just like, like trouble, just like Texas style with a capital T. And I, I'm not going to say their name, but I, I definitely had a, a Benny in my life growing up. And it was like, that's it realized in movie form. <laughs> Maybe that's why I have a problem. I never had a Benny. I was allergic to people like Benny. And he annoys the hell out of me in this movie. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because I never was around someone like a Benny, right? For me, I would have killed Benny immediately in a video game, right? Just throw him over the boat and shoot him when he's in the water. Yeah, You know, like I, every sequence that he was in, I just wanted to punt him off the silver screen. Uh, I had such vitriol for Benny and, <laughs> and Benny is, is the comic relief. He, that's what he's supposed to be. Well, and, and, like, and, Evie and Jonathan, I mean, there, there's yeah. a lot of different layers of, of comic relief here. Yeah. Uh, he, but you liked Benny. You know, like... Well, I, I didn't like the character, but he had his moments like when he's, you know, like, Hey, O'Connell, I've got all the horses. Yeah. Hey, hey, Benny, you're on the wrong side of the river, you know, and it's like, mm, yeah, mm, you know, <laughs> Th that felt great to me. Um, I I also like th when he's uh, trying to ward off the mummy with like every different religious. Oh, uh, token. yeah, religious. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just I did like that. Work. That was yeah, funny. That's cool. And then when to, to, to it just he's such a total shit through the whole thing. Yes, it's and, unrelenting. And and when he finally gets his comeuppance where he's like going through, going through, like almost gets crushed, the torch is going out yeah. with the scarabs all closing in on him. Nobody deserves see, that more than Benny. I agree, but they should have shown it. I want to see it. I want to see that brutal demise, not just a fade away. There, fade there was some like nasty stuff with the scarabs in here, like where it's going uh, yeah. under the flesh and everything. And they're like, you see it like under the guy's <laughs> shirt. Yeah. There was a couple of them. And then one of the sidekicks had it in his shoulder. And then, you know, Brendan Frazier's cutting it out with his switchblade, you mm. know, um, there was the, t there was the one random guy that fell on the, you know, he tripped over his own shoelaces in, in the tomb and fell down and then it was just two seconds later the bugs are on top of him two seconds later he's just Bones. cartilage and bone <laughs> you know yeah. so yeah they were nasty uh but still i needed to see it i need to know that benny will never ever be in a mummy movie again you, you need you need to confirm the kill. i need closure <laughs> yeah for what he did to my brain while watching this movie you ever feel like that? I feel like you do. And I think we can relate to this where there's like certain annoying characters in horror movies. And you're like, oh, boy, how are they going to get killed? Because they're the worst. Well, <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. And that's, that's what I want to see. Yeah. And, and you definitely get that here. And I, I actually had a hard time watching him in Deep Rising because he's like, you know, the cool hacker guy or whatever he yes. was in that movie. Yeah. And I, I was like, I... I'm I'm sorry, like you're Benny. I can't. <laughs> I just. Oh, you like wow, man. We are polar opposites on Benny. 
because I don't think I like him in Deep Rising because of this movie. That's what I just said. Oh. Yeah, I can't get behind oh. that character because of how terrible oh. he is as Benny. <laughs> I just, I can't appreciate I him, it, even though he's like supposed to be like the cool, I don't know, like uh, sidekick yeah. guy yeah. that the audience likes that. I And I want well, you, to you're that... talking about Benny with a smile, though. Well, right. So yeah. it makes it keep it's given me mixed signals because I think you like him. And then you're like, no, he's a piece of shit. But, yeah, you know, and then you smile about it. And I'm like, do you like Benny? Because I hate Benny. Because <laughs> it's it's a character you love to hate. Be like me, Brian. <laughs> it's it's a character you love to hate. That's that's why I'm talking about it with a smile. Some of the I other I didn't hate him. capering, though, because uh, like Jonathan has his moments where I'm just like, oh, this guy, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he's he is frustrating too. to but not I think it. It might be because they're both there. I think if it was just one or the other or if it was just one of them, one buffoon is enough, you know, but we got two of them. But Benny is more buffoonish than the other, you know, so maybe that's my gripe. Too much. Too much is never a good thing, you no. know. So I agree. I agree. So what what did you enjoy about this? Well, I, I guess we didn't cover everything I enjoyed about it, but, you know, yeah, no, you I, keep aside, going. You aside keep from going. it was a big, you know, action adventure movie. And uh, I I really liked that. I, I was all about the blockbusters at the time. I mean, I, I still am. You know, it's just times have changed and everything's a Marvel movie or Top Gun or something. Mission Impossible, right. you know. Yeah. Um, I I think it was very much in the... I, I think I said it, you know, it, it appeals to that men in black crowd because you, you've you got the, the fantasy and, and some levity. You know, maybe it's not as smart as men in black, but, you know, for a reinvention of the mummy, it's it, it, here, was, here. it was clearly a winning concept for the time. Although I, I do agree with you that, you know, now that we're outside of nostalgia, there's definitely things where it's like, yeah, I don't know about this. Well, here's what I'll say. Also, me not liking this problem or this movie is a me problem. It's not a everyone else's problem. You know how it's like there's certain movies where you're like, how do you like that? You know, like, how do you like this as entertainment? Mm -hmm. I'm not that person. I can once again, with Knives Out, ready or not, I can understand why people like this movie. So great i just don't know why i'm disconnected from it also here's another thing i don't like how rachel weiss says blasphemers not blasphemers it's a gripe okay. but it's like someone saying espresso there's not espresso an S. yeah it's es it's not yeah. an x in there or uh, espresso etc et yeah et cetera yeah <laughs> Yeah. It's a little problem. It is nitpicky. And that's our grammar lesson for today. Yeah. Um, well, no, let, but let me, let me ask what? you this then, because th this movie was your choice. What made you want to revisit this movie? Well, because you always talk about how good it is. And I was like, oh, it's been so long since I've seen it. Maybe, maybe I just had a bad attitude. Maybe I was just an angry teenager, right? That was like, I don't like this movie, you know? 
I had some angst in at me. the time you didn't like it even at at the time I actually liked it more but it it wasn't considerably more you oh, know okay. um uh it was one of those things when I saw it it was so it was a bizarre feeling because like I didn't ever I would say like my taste in music probably started or mute movies uh probably started after college right because of you because of our friend scott who were really into movies it was like an exposure to a lot of movies i never even heard of mm -hmm. you know so that kind of like broadened my horizon so to speak um so like but even when i saw it i was not on board but everyone around me liked it so i was like that's so weird you know, because I didn't really have opinions on movies. I then I can I can tell that there was a difference between how I look at a movie now as when I did then. Then it was like it was a hobby to go out and see in a social event with your friends, you know? So it was less about the movie and more about hanging out with friends. But even then I was like, man, I'm not on board, but everyone else around me is just loving this. So I'm not gonna say anything bad about it, you know? Mm. So I was like, I want to revisit it because whenever you have spoken about it, I was like, oh man, there's got to be something there because he's you speak highly of it. And that's why I wanted to like, it was going to, to me, it was going to be like, hey, let's go back and reevaluate something that we're not sure about. That's why I wanted to cover this movie. Okay. And it turns out I had the same feeling. It was like, actually, like I teleported 20 years back and was inside that old younger brain. Where I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I remember feeling this way when I saw it before. Huh. So it was interesting. Yeah, wallpaper is still the same to... in this room, huh? How about that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting to like go back and understand with a better reason why maybe I was not liking it to begin with, you know, and be more like these specific reasons are why mm -hmm. I know I don't like this movie. You know, I can say accurately that this is not a movie I'll own. Whereas, like, I think, and that sounds like really bad, but I just like, know considering that some of the other stuff you've bought for yeah. this podcast, that's well, I've bought some stinkers, uh, I've bought some bad movies. It's weird. That's also another conversation to have. It's weird to classify a movie as something I wouldn't watch again because that makes it sound like it's worse than all of the Leprechaun movies that I own, right? Like that I wouldn't. <laughs> by this movie means that i am saying that the leprechaun <laughs> movies are better are better you know? by proxy yeah but no <laughs> yeah no not, not everything's created equal you know not everything has to be a winner i mean i wouldn't put this up there as like it, it always like baffles me maybe not baffles me but that that people like you will run into those people who are like you know, they've got a movie collection and it's like, but every one of them's great. Like I only buy the best stuff. And I just feel like, well, that can't be true because here's Michael Bay's Transformers or whatever, or the oh, Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift or something like that. And it's, it's all subjective, right? It really um, is. I, I like for as smart as people always accuse me of being, I actually like trashy pop culture things, you know, like I, I like big adventure. You and me both. Movies and, and um, 
I'm I'm supposed to be like the movie guy with this like refined opinion sitting here with like my snifter of port and uh you know yet here I have the 4K of the Brendan Fraser mummy. I do find that amazing that it's like it's the 4K. Like you invested more money. You here, didn't find this well, in the $5 bin at Walmart. Here here's the thing you know? though is that I didn't own a 4K player quite yet. But I knew I was getting one, right? So it's like every movie that I was getting, if if I was going to get it, it was I going to be the yep. 4K. So like I bought this and Bram Stoker's Dracula, the 4K at the same time of both of those, because they were both movies that I only had on DVD. And I was like, you know, I really want to see this on Blu-ray, but they, but they come with the Blu-ray. I just don't have the 4K player yet, but oh, coming soon. And, yeah. and watch, even watching that on the Blu-ray, because it was probably like five years ago that I bought that. Maybe not that long. I don't know. It was pre-COVID, which feels like, you know. It feels like a decade Before ago. the world ended, right? It's like. Yeah. It's like this, an, is a, this is a post-apocalyptic. Yeah, it's, it's like. 4K an, purchase. It's like in Fallout, <laughs> you know, how they talk about like the, the pre-bomb days and then, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, the point of history, no one can remember. That's basically where we're at right now. And in about 10 years, it'll be Mad Max, probably. But uh, <laughs> anyway. Australia, for sure. But even even, watch, <laughs> even watching this on Blu-ray, I was like, mm, I wonder how some of these effects are going to look in 4K. <laughs> Spe- I can only imagine. Specifically, because some of the holes in them le- actually look pretty good when they were when it was actually Arnold Vosloo walking around in his kind of like second, I don't even know what stage it is. It's like second or third stage. He's killed a couple people. He's like back a little bit, but he's still kind of zombie-ish. Some of mm-hmm. that stuff looks pretty good, but when you first see him and he's like full-on mummy, like that that's pretty cartoony looking. And then... With the eyes and the jaw, jaw moving around. Yeah. 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 And then scream now. And then, like, the wall of sand that they're shooting with the airplane. Yeah. You know, that looked kind of like early CG stuff. But uh... Problem solving, though. Shoot it. Shoot it. I Well, you know, it's... I I guess what else are you going to do? Because it still got him in the end of it. It, it was fruitless, but... Uh... Yeah. But no, I mean yeah, yeah, yeah it just reinforces your <laughs> yeah, right. Let's let's sky fuck the monster coming ah Rambo yeah. style. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't miss that about action movies is like, you know, just like screaming, firing a machine gun or blah blah blah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So the besides like the legacy that this movie has, we already talked about that a little bit with right. the this franchise that it spawned. Um, in all know, you, honesty oh go go ahead sorry. well sorry. You, i i just want to touch on this very briefly because we've only got a few minutes left here but you mentioned the danger that that brendan fraser was actually in and that he put his body through yeah it's uh, it's pretty nuts yeah did, did you know in in the jail scene when he was being hung like he actually passed out resuscitated yeah 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 he he Indeed. almost actually died filming that yeah yeah it's um like you you think of these movies uh these adventure movies as they're just actors they're just acting and you don't realize like some of the problems that 
the actors in these roles face post movie right mm-hmm. and so like brendan fraser has had back problems multiple surgeries from this franchise from stuff that happened in this franchise and in like the george of the jungle movie before that was in the movie before the mummy before like brendan fraser went to the stratosphere right mm-hmm. and so he says like by the mummy three i don't remember the subtitle of that one like he was basically like putting on an exoskeleton he was putting on crash pads for like bmx racers and like knee braces and you know wrist guards and stuff like that because Mm -hmm. his body had already taken so much abuse and then like post mummy movies he spent seven years having multiple surgeries you know and it's just like i can't even imagine like i think of like some of the dumb shit i did in high school sports that i'm still kind of living with but nothing horrible but yeah. it's mo- moderately annoying, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, to hear, like, what he had to go through, it's just wild. And um, and I, and the reason that I struggle with kind of really shit-talking this movie, and I feel like I'm kind of half in, half out with saying I like this movie and being super critical of it, is kind of, I don't want to go through that, down that road, because it's like, it feels weirdly disrespectful because of what he went through mm-hmm. and like on as well as him having like a resurgent which he deserves you know i hear like his performance in the whale is supposed to be good i don't know if that's a movie i'm gonna like but good for him for yeah. getting these accolades you know and then um it should have also happened with batgirl you know right um and uh but then also hearing like his past troubles and how, like, I don't know, it's kind of like one of those warning signs that maybe we should treat human beings a little bit better. Um, so there was, like, this meme that was created of him crying on the red carpet. It was, he was at a, uh, he was promoting a show he was on, right? He started breaking down on, like, the red carpet. He was crying, you know, but he was mm-hmm. in an interview. But, like, come to find out, his mom had passed away, like, two days prior. So he's still in wow. this, like, grieving moment but we don't know that we don't know like what's going what he's experiencing right so everyone's like making fun of him for like why are you crying in this interview you psycho you know and he's like well you know he was experiencing like a great loss for him you know and it's like how do you compartmentalize that when you're supposed to be doing a job his job was to promote the show that he's on and suddenly Mm -hmm. he's you know not in the best mental state and it just i say that because maybe i shouldn't put so much negative shit out in the world that's what i'm trying to go trying to say right now that's long story short yeah you know it's like we don't know where some of these people are coming from maybe their behavior on the outside looks strange but maybe there's a reason behind it you know i i think i think that's the correct takeaway from that because you you never know what's going on with someone and you know, for whatever reason, like we as people just have this tendency to make assumptions about other people's intentions or, you know, it, it's like, like with Fright Night, right? Where it's like, we were both talking about this like made up quarrel we had with Colin Farrell because of Daredevil or something. Right. You know, right. and it's, it's like, they're, they're just people too, you know, and it's, uh, yeah, no, I, I think, um, not rushing to judgment is, uh, uh, a good thing in, yeah. in 
those cases and just like, you know, maybe just before you fire off that hot take, just think about like, um, maybe just sleep on it. See what, see what comes out yeah. by tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Except Benny. No, Benny, Benny can <laughs> burn underneath Hominatra <laughs> with the scarabs. Uh, yeah, no, it's just, it kind of puts things in perspective. Because I've always liked Brendan Fraser, regardless of what he was in, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just, uh, he was so private. It's, uh, it's a shame that uh, so many people had treated him poorly for reasons that he wanted to keep private. You know, and mm -hmm. those re the reasons that he kept things private uh, kind of divorced us from having an uh, understanding of why things were happening. But then it also gave us leverage to make fun of them. I'm saying we as like society or and, the Internet or whoever. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of why I'm in this this mode of like. So, yeah. F final thoughts, then you just didn't. Here's what I'll say at all. I didn't I, I don't like it. But I think it's also a great movie for kids. I'll put it that way. Like, I think I would be able to show this movie to my nieces and they would enjoy it. I think mm -hmm. they would get a kick out of this. So I don't, I think it, it has its place for sure, but I don't think it's for me. That's the best way I can say it. Yeah. Now that's fair. And uh, I, I agree. I also think it's a great movie for kids. I, I think that's part of why they went with the concept that they did with uh, wanting to make it PG 13 because. You know, it's it's the mummy, but they had discussions about how do we make him not like like there's only so so scary we can make him because it's a PG-13 movie. Right. And I, I think it really owns that PG-13 movie uh, rating. And, um, you know, I, I think it worked well for the time and they they were never able to recapture that. Because man, did they try with Van Helsing, and wow, like I was, I was kind of hyped for that because Van I Helsing? because I liked the Mummy, and yeah. I was like this Stephen Summers guy, like anything he does, like I'm gonna pay attention to, um, because I I had seen Deep Rising after seeing the Mummy, and despite Benny being in it, it's like, yeah, it's like, I, I, I like this, you know, it's fun. It's, you know, but I guess that's kind of his thing, right? Like fun adventure movies with a bit of a horror element to them. And, you know, I didn't really have the vocabulary to put that together at the time. So then along comes Van Helsing and, um, uh, I, I don't yeah. want to, I don't, maybe if we hate ourselves, we should do that one time. <laughs> I own it. But you won't own this movie. Listen, you I own Van Helsing, but you won't bit. own this movie. Yeah. So after I watched Hellboy, this is going. Hellboy threw me into so many different directions, and it's I don't know why, because it, it's just such a it's it's really bad. It's I don't like it. Um, the David Harbor Hellboy. Yes, okay. I like the Ron Perlman ones. Yes, so don't don't hate me. Okay, Internet. just. So I, yeah. I of this theory that I had of these undefinable genre movies that came out in the late '90s to mid 2000s, I went and purchased League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and Van Helsing, on top of like on the heels of seeing Hellboy, because I wanted to make sure if my memory was correct. 
And it was. They do <laughs> all feel like it's the same movie. Like the same type of people made the movie, even, you know? So, wow. but they're not, they're not, I will not recommend. See, I can recommend Mummy to people, but I'll never recommend Van Helsing or League of Extraordinary Gentlemen to anybody. <laughs> anybody. Ever. Steven Summers like did people League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. my privacy by now. What's that? Did Steven Summers do League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? No. No. Okay. But it is all part of this this theory that I have that Hollywood wanted to keep remaking the same type of movie and they this, just kept uh, doing it with other properties. This monsterverse yeah. kind of... Yeah, hmm. because it's... They're kind of funny, kind of action-y, but they never do it justice, you know? <laughs> In my opinion, yeah. So I, a, a lot of yeah. those in trying to do everything, they wind up doing nothing well. Right. Um, I I think this movie does uh, several things well, although the the writing and kind of the capering of the characters kind of, I I don't think that quite holds up. But you know, I I do think I, I agree with you. I think it's a good movie for kids. Go, Brendan Fraser. We love you. <laughs> we we do Keep love doing. you. Re release <laughs> release Batgirl for God's sakes. Just. Just yeah. finish it. It's done. Don't let it be some ninety million dollar tax rate off. Like I mean, hmm. what a shame! That's a shame. It's a shame. I was actually looking forward to that. I said that in one of the news segments of the thing, and yeah, me too. And this is the movie that made me a fan of Brendan Fraser because I I didn't like Encino Man. Um, For me, it was Airheads. I I I feel like because other people I knew liked it so it, it was like one of those things where like so many people were like you got to like this thing that i i kind of turned on it because oh. you know it's like it's like you whatever still do that. that i i yeah i know <laughs> i i do i'll do it right now if you give me name something <laughs> tell me something's good and i'll push back no but yeah i'm but it was one of those things where i just I had some made-up quarrel with the actor in it and through no fault of their own. Um, but he won me over, and uh, I, I was excited to see his comeback. And um... Well, I'm glad it's still happening, to be honest with you. I'm glad, yeah. like, it didn't stop. Like, that Batgirl is no longer that it stopped his career again, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm happy about that, that it's he's more powerful than that. Powerful, <laughs> Brendan Fraser. All right. So, in short, watch this movie. Do not watch the sequels or Van Helsing. Yes. Okay. We agreed on something. <laughs> the exact quote was that uh, George Romero's decision to produce a color remake of this disturbingly frenzied 1968 zombie fest has to rank up there with New Coke. That's the... Uh, apparently, George Romero giving the go-ahead to remake his movie is just as bad as Coke making new Coke. Well, so I don't know which one of those statements is more absurd, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah.